0: Week number 11 of Undercovered ops. You can check it out on the Roto Underworld Radio program. Anywhere you get podcasts. We're sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. Use the promo code Underworld when you sign up for an up to a hundred dollar deposit match. Go check them out over on underdog. We got New England and Atlanta Thursday night football. Should be it's it feels like a trap game for Atlanta or for New England. New England just comes off a big win against Cleveland, Atlanta gets clapped by Dallas. New England comes down to Atlanta. I don't know, man. It's about six and a half, seven point spread. Feels like a trap. Feels like a trap. But I'm taking all the unders on underdog fantasy. Use the promo code underworld. Get up to $100 deposit match. I'm taking all the unders this week. I'm with Josh Larkey on the under train. Usually I go over, but I will be taking the unders this week in the Atlanta and New England Thursday night football game. But this week I want to focus in on the fantasy playoffs, kind of the Guys that can help you down the stretch, guys that maybe you can stash away in Dynasty or go buy in Dynasty if the situation is right, if your team's out of it. Um, you need to go get some of these guys. Some of these guys you need to go get if you want to win, just the way it is. But first, I want to plug a little thing I just finished up. 2022 NFL Mock Draft 1.0 is officially live on playerprofiler.com. Right now, you can go over there. And check that out in the article section at the top of the screen. You go to fantasy news and analysis, click on NFL, and it's right there. Cody Carpentier's 2022 NFL mock draft. I also have it pinned on my Twitter over at Carpentier NFL on Twitter. Check that out. Top five picks. Kayvon Thibodeau's number one. I got two quarterbacks going in the first round. Malik Willis to Washington at nine. And then Matt Corral to the Carolina Panthers. Good little, good little few nice receivers in there. We'll talk about those guys on Undercovered Prospects later on this winter and spring. But tonight, it's Undercovered Ops, and we're here to talk about some of these guys that are getting overlooked. We'll start out in New England. The routes are pretty pretty straightforward. Hunter Henry, 21. Jacoby Myers, 21. Nelson Aguilar, 22. Kendrick Bourne, 15. Kendrick Bourne, 15 routes, 8 in the slot. Nikhil Harry is getting 10 routes. He's not doing anything with it. He had one target again for one reception, 26 yards. Feels like that's the stat line every single week. Four targets, four receptions, 98 yards. Consistently just being consistent week after week after week. The last four, four targets, seven targets, four targets, four targets. 15 fantasy points, 16, 6, 6, 24. He's just consistently being that dude. And everyone wants to talk about Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers, yes, he is likely the. He he's not likely. He's the main focus in this offense, outside of Hunter Henry and whatever's going on at the running backs week after week. Harris Stevenson, Bolden, whatever it may be. Outside of Henry and the running backs, it's Myers. And so the one guy that's getting overlooked is Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne currently wide receiver thirty-two on the season. Yes, I said thirty-two. These are his biggest games: twenty-one points, eleven points. 14, 16, and 24 fantasy points. That's five out of 10 games, half the game, so he's been double-digit fantasy points. Wide receiver, 32 on the season, ahead of Emmanuel Sanders. One spot ahead of Jacoby Myers, ahead of Cole Beasley. One spot behind A.J. Brown, Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, Tyler Lockett. He's in that area, and he's not being valued like that at all. So if he's free in leagues and you're like, Damn it, I have a bye this week. Damn it, I have injuries. Kendrick Bourne is getting that consistent usage, and he's scoring touchdowns unlike Jacoby Myers. He's got three touchdowns this season, and he's always been known for that. I think he had eight touchdowns one season for San Francisco. Like He's just that type of guy in the red zone. If it's not Hunter Henry, it's not a rushing touchdown. It's Kendrick Bourne. I like Kendrick Bourne. I don't love him, but the situation's right. Take Kendrick Bourne. Nelson Aguilar is a nothing. He's a deep ball, wind sprinter. That's what he is. It's Jacoby Myers, Hunter Henry, Kendrick Bourne. That's your deep threat. Ah, whatever. Baltimore Ravens, Mark Andrews, same situation. Sammy Watkins is running behind Devin DuVernay. The targets are starting, starting to consolidate completely around Bateman, Brown, Andrews. It's only going to keep making Bateman's dynasty value skyrocket. It's going to keep going week after week after week. Four weeks in to his NFL career. Six targets, six targets, eight tar- targets, eight targets. 29, 80, 52 and 80 receiving yards and seven, 11, 10 and 14 fantasy points consistently, consistently growing for Rashad Bateman. He gets Chicago this week and that's it. It's over. Jamar Chase is untouchable at this point in fantasy and Rashad Bateman is next. If you want to compare the first four career games for Rashad Bateman, I see you in the chat. Rashad Bateman. Yes. I, that, that was going across Twitter during the off season Bateman, I love that. It's just, it's, He's sitting right in this whole field of all these great receivers of the last couple of years. Jamar Chase, 17 for 297 in his first four games. That's 26th all-time. Randy Moss, 273 yards. DeAndre Hopkins, 270. Ridley, 264. Odell, 262. Bateman's right there. 18 receptions, 241. Right there. Number 51 all-time ahead of Devontae Smith, 18 for 237 in his first four games ahead of Jerry Judy. 15 for 234 in his first four games. He's doing what he's supposed to do. And quite frankly, he still feels undervalued. So these next few games coming up, Chicago this week, I love that matchup. I think everybody does. It feels like we're on the trajectory, maybe not quite what Jamar Chase is. I don't think he's on the Jamar Chase trajectory, but I mean, come on. If he's the 1B, like... He's also ahead of A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, as far as the first four games go. I love Rashad Bateman. I think everybody else does. Best comparable to Stefan Diggs on playerprofiler.com. Go get yourself some Rashad Bateman. If he's still available, he should not be. But if he is, go get him. 13 targets for Mar- Marquise Brown, 7 for Rashad Bateman, 8 for Mark Andrews, 6, 6, and 6 for receptions for all three dudes. And then the next guy in line is Devin DuVernay, 24 routes, four targets, four receptions and Sammy Watkins is all but dust. Go to Seattle Seahawks. This was worst case scenario for Russ. Worst case scenario. Obviously, he's coming back from his finger injury uh Exactly, it wasn't the best situation on a throwing hand, have your middle finger. You can't really, I mean, imagine grabbing a football like that and really not being able to have any pressure from that middle finger. That's gotta have a big deterrent on just your upside and your ability. And it did. Worst case scenario. But now we get to Arizona, Washington, San Fran, Houston, good front sevens with horrendous back ends. So for that reason, I like Russ. But if you want to go over the last this last game which I just happened to go over on Twitter just a couple days ago. 50% passing 1.78 adjusted yards per attempt. 1.78 adjusted yards per attempt. I don't think you understand what I just said. 1.78, 850 times over the last two seasons, since the start of 2020 has a passer finished with 10 plus pass attempts in a game. 850 times, let me say that again, 850 times as a passer finished with 10-plus pass attempts. Russ finished in 822nd place out of 850 with a 1.78 adjusted yards per attempt. That puts him in the area. Also, worse on this list, Davis Mills right against the Buffalo Bills. Davis Mills, uh, Cam Newton from last year. Um, Jake Luton, Jarrett Stidham, Sam Darnold six times, Andy Dalton. Like this is a career all-time worst game for Russell Wilson. Only six times over the last two seasons has a quarterback attempted 40 passes in a game and completed less than 50% or 50%. Russ, 50% this last weekend against Green Bay in a shutout loss. Justin Herbert. on 53 attempts against New England Patriots last year in a shutout loss. Joe Flacco, 47% on 44 attempts in a shutout loss against Miami last year. Taylor Heineke, 48% on 41 this year against the Saints. Sam Darnold, 41% against the Vikings this year. Drew Locke last year against the Las Vegas Raiders. Locke, Heineke, Flacco, Darnold, not exactly the company you want to be in, but that's where Russ was this weekend. Yuck, Dwayne Eskridge did play this weekend, five snaps, two targets, one reception is what it is. Um, I think he's going to start peeling into this Penny Hart, this Freddie Swain usage, but I'm not really worried. Gerald Everett comes back, eight targets, eight receptions, 63 yards. I talked about this last week on the Road of His Mailbag show with Mike Randall. I thought it was going to be a low dot game for Russ. Did I think it was going to be this bad? No. But the main culprit of that was Gerald Everett. Eight for eight, 63 yards. And then DK and Tyler Lockett, seven targets, seven targets. Two receptions, 23 for Lockett. Three receptions, 26 for Metcalf. The targets are there. He was trying to push the ball to them. Windy, snowy, outdoor game, the finger problem. I'm not worried. The targets were there. He tried. You can only go up from here. I know that hurt. But if you have Russ, if you have Lockett, if you have Metcalf, I'm holding on. I'm fine. I'm not worried. Um, The only thing that would that can really happen that's worse than what's already happened is if something happens to the finger again then we're we're in deep shit but right now riding the train riding the roller coaster see what happens um all in a Metcalf Lockett, Everett I think he pulls back a little bit from here I don't think you're gonna get to see eight eight and 63 from here on out and then Dwayne Eskridge I guess is one that there's upside there and I think he's the best Option as the number three in this offense if he is healthy again, he's 24 and a half years old as a rookie. Not exactly the best thing to push all your chips in on in fantasy. I'm not saying to do that at all, but if he's free, he's worth an ad in dynasty, not in redraft. Back to the what the fuck are we doing? Worst franchise in football. I'm not going to say their name because they don't deserve it. Marvin Jones. Six targets, two receptions, 35 yards on 34 routes. Dan Arnold, 31 routes ran. LaVisca, 29. Jamal Agnew, 29. That should be the end. But instead, we have Laquan Treadwell running nine routes, a target, one reception, 18 yards. Tavon Austin, seven routes, five in the slot, one target, zero for zero. Why? Why? Again, I think we say this every single week. Why? Why? Agnew looks like he could be a piece in this offense. Obviously, he's the former cornerback, runs a 4-3-40. They're using him. I'm impressed with what they've done with Jamal Agnew. Three carries this week, 79 yards, a long 60-yard touchdown. He had five targets. He didn't catch a single ball. It is what it is, but he's explosive. And I think there's upside with Jamal Agnew, but again, this offense, they're going to go get a receiver after the season's over. That's just the way it is. They did cut T. Billy, Tyron Johnson. He went through waivers, did not get claimed. That's kind of sad. I, I really like Tyron Johnson. I want to see him get an opportunity, but he just never did. So he couldn't beat out Laquan Dreadwell, Tavon Austin, Jamal Agnew. Kind of tells me he's probably done. He's probably out of the league. But positive note this week, LaVisca Chenault led the team in targets with eight. The only difference is he had three receptions for 15 yards. Yes. LaVisca is no different than Allen Robinson and Robbie Anderson this year. They're not dead. Right, Allen Robinson starting to come around with Justin Fields. Robbie Anderson we'll talk about later, but Lavisca Chanel, the connection just isn't there, and it's weird because we saw it a few weeks ago where he had eight targets, he had 99 yards, whatever it was, and he looked like okay, this is it, Lavisca's coming out party. But it just hasn't been there. The connection's not there, but it will be next year, end of this year. It, 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 it takes time, right? Lawrence has only been there for ten weeks. So I'm I'm not done. If people are selling him, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy him because he's gonna be cheap. But it's tough. He's on pace currently for 1,350 yards through two seasons, year one and year two. And to me, you're like, well, he had 600 yards last year. If he ends up with 650 or 700 this year, that's 1,350 1,400 yard pace. Is that good? Is it good to have 600 yards both your rookie and second year in the NFL on an inept, shitty offense playing with Gardner Minshew and a rookie Trevor Lawrence that just hasn't hit his 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 stride in an Urban Meyer offense? Well, I mean, Chris Godwin, 1367. Robert Woods, 1373. Tyler Boyd, 1283. 1200, sorry. 1200 yards, 1300 yards, whatever. Reggie Wayne, Chris Carter, same area. Laviska's not dead. He's not dead. There's a reason we loved him. He's a yak monster. Best comparable to A.J. Brown. Debo Samuel's a close family comp to him. You can't be out on LaVisca. How many years did it take Debo Samuel to reach the level that he's at right now? Didn't happen year one. Didn't happen year two. Year three, 979 yards, five touchdowns. Year one, he was nice, but it's just like, he went through injury. But LaVisca had 600 yards year one too. Year three, 979 yards so far. hit down year last year, were you out on Debo Samuel? And now you want me to just be out on LaVisca Chenault? Who's to say year two Trevor Lawrence and LaVisca Chenault, Travis Etienne, they go get Justin Ross and they got Marvin, they open this offense up and you don't think LaVisca Chenault's going to do something? Child, please. I'm getting LaVisca Chenault in Dynasty. If you're giving him to me for free or not, I'll take him. The other receiver in this offense that feels like the opportunity has been there. Is he going to take it? Is the connection going to continue to be there? You go back through Trevor Lawrence's college career, it was T. Higgins, it was Justin Ross, guys like that, those big body X receivers. Marvin Jones, 6'2", 200 pounds, six targets, two receptions, 35 yards this week, leads the team in routes again. His air yards from this entire season, 104, 140, 81, 116, 130, Fantasy points from the start of the season, 18, 17, 12. The last few weeks, it's been tough matchups. Buffalo, Tradavius White, Janoris Jenkins has played better. Seattle, that should have been the boom game, but it didn't happen. This week against Indianapolis, it should have happened, but it didn't. The Marvin Jones boom is coming. The connection is going to be there. This offense is only going to get better as the season goes on. Fantasy playoffs, Tennessee, pretty inept defensive backfield. They've come around, but they're still not that good. Houston Jets. Houston Jets, fantasy playoffs. Sign me up, Marvin Jones. If you need that fourth receiver, that fifth receiver on the down low, get them. Marvin Jones is your guy. New Orleans Saints, we talk about it week after week after week. Adam Trout, daddy. Traquan Smith That's what it is. We're here again talking about Traquan Smith. 41 routes leads the team by eight. Eight routes more than Marquise Calloway, seven targets, four for 44. I know Mac got to talk about him first this week, but you guys damn well know we've been talking about Trey Quant smith for a few weeks now. If you follow me over on Cody Carpentier on YouTube, I talked about him back in week number five. He was one of my top five sleepers for the rest of the season. Now we're talking about him again with the top five sleepers for the playoffs. Trey Smith's one of them. 41 routes, 7 targets, 4 receptions, 44 yards. But he's not as deep of a sleeper as you want him to be. We're not that out ahead of it. We don't want Trey as bad as we want some of these next guys I'm going to talk about. Even he's not the most wanted player on his own team. Right? Marquise Calloway, 7 slot routes, 4 targets, 2 receptions, 52 yards. Nice. Deontay Harris, 4 targets, 3 receptions, 84 yards. Nice. That's three receivers with four more targets and over 40 yards receiving. Not the guy I want. I don't want to bet on these receivers. I want to bet on the tight end. I've been saying this week after week after week. These receivers get hellacious matchups the next three weeks. Darius Slay and the Eagles, Trey White and the Bills, Trey Diggs and the Dallas Cowboys the next three weeks for the New Orleans Saints. That's tough when you got Trevor Simeon throwing you the ball against these dogs at cornerback. Avante Maddox is also there with Darius Slay. You can take advantage of Steven Nelson, but, uh, I mean, come on, really? Is that is that really what we're going to bet on? We're going to bet on him getting off of Slay for one or two plays here and there? I don't like that. Bills, tough game. But the key thing here is why you need to get out ahead of Adam Troutman, and I've been banging this every single week. Or, if you like... Draquan Smith or Marquise Callaway. If you think one of these guys is really gonna boom in the next few weeks and you're like, Cody, you're you're full of shit. I'm not worried about Slay. I'm not worried about Tradavius White. I'm not worried about Trayvon Diggs. I'm not worried about these top 15 cornerbacks in the NFL. Well, if you're not, you better get out ahead of it now because primetime football is when you lose all your value in cheap assets. Adam Troutman, right now, the last few weeks, six targets, seven targets, six targets. Eight fantasy points the last two weeks. Four receptions, five receptions. He's building a case. He's creating situations where the ball is thrown to him more and more and more. And now you go into primetime games. So this week we get the Eagles Sunday, 1 p.m. Normal game. It's his opportunity. But next week, Thanksgiving, Buffalo Bills, primetime TV. The following week. They draw the double Thursday night. So two games every year, two teams every year draw Thursday night for Thanksgiving and Thursday night the following week against the Cowboys. The Cowboys have been that team year after year. So this year, it's Bills and Saints Thursday night football and Thanksgiving. One week later, it's Saints and Dallas Cowboys Thursday night football. Both home games for the Saints. Both primetime games. Then they go to the Jets Sunday at noon. And then it's Sunday Night Football against Tampa, and Monday Night Football against the Miami Dolphins. So you're going to see New Orleans Saints in primetime football for the next six weeks, and you're going to lose all your value, all your cheap value on Traquan, Marcus Callaway, Deontay Harris, Mark Ingram, whatever you want to say, and Adam Troutman. You're going to lose all your value. So if you want him, I want him for the fantasy playoffs. I want to play Adam Troutman and watch him dominate the Jets, get in those zone holes in the Tampa Bay defense, play against Miami week 16, get me there on Christmas weekend, get me to the, get me to the fantasy playoff championships. I want Adam Troutman in those situations In dynasty. You want him to get him now. So you don't have to worry about that where you're the one sitting there right now with the coal. And then you're going to watch four primetime games go by and he's going to burst in a couple of them. And you can be like, Hey, look at this piece of gold I got here. Huh? Look at this piece of gold. I got. You want to trade me for this piece of gold? You want to give me a first round pick? Yes, I do. And that's what's going to happen. That's how you turn these values over. We love Traubman. We think he has great upside. But if that's what you're trying to do in Dynasty is turn over value, you can take advantage of these situations. And the primetime boost is one of the most slept on things in fantasy football as far as a value spike. And for the next six weeks, the Saints will be in primetime football. Again, Thursday night, Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night. Take advantage of that. It's Adam fucking Troutman season. Do I need to say it again? I've said it every week. This is it. It's like the Michael Carter thing. Pat Fryer We're done. Adam Troutman season. Let's go. Let's go. Carolina Panthers. Some negative talk. That can turn positive. The Cam Newton effect, I think is going to affect DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, greatly. He hasn't been... I saw a tweet the other day, I think it was yesterday, um, from Dwayne McFarlane, Context Matters. In games with Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton, I don't have the tweet up in front of me, Christian McCaffrey scored some like, I don't know what it was, six to eight less fantasy points, something like that, per game with Cam Newton in the lineup. And you can directly correlate that to touchdown score. Because you would think about it. When they get down in the red zone, what happens? Cam runs the ball in, not McCaffrey. You saw that last week. He comes in for, what, five snaps? throws a touchdown to Robbie Anderson, rushes a touchdown. That's what's going to happen with Cam Newton. They came out today. They said he's going to start this week. DJ Moore, 54 snaps. Robbie Anderson, 47. 30 routes for Moore, 24 for Robbie Anderson, five slot for DJ, seven slot for Robbie, seven targets for DJ Moore, four receptions, 24 yards, six targets for Robbie, four for 37. Now, I tweeted this also. How bad Robbie Anderson has been this year. Again, it was career, like all time bad, comparable to John Ross. Like, you guys remember how bad John Ross was. I talked about this last week. But now, in comparison, Robbie Anderson from week five to nine, five, six, seven, eight, nine, five games, 31 targets, nine receptions, 57 yards, one touchdown, 20.7 fantasy points in five weeks. 20.7 fantasy points in five weeks. Cam Newton comes back, six targets, four receptions, 37 yards, one touchdown, 13.7 fantasy points. He almost closes that gap in one week when Cam Newton comes back. And you look at it and you're like, well, he got lucky, man. He just had that one touchdown. That's why we do undercover ops. Certain situations, I listen to the interviews, the press conferences, I watch the games, I watch the routes. You watch an interview as simple as this. As simple as you watch a couple of Cam Newton interviews. He does an interview with Robbie Anderson after the game. And they're just talking. If you listen, if you would listen to Cam Newton the last few weeks, it's been all this positivity. His his life, when he was away from football the last couple months, he wasn't watching football. It was getting his life together mentally. He was defeating Life mentally, he was fasting. he was being a dad. he was doing all this stuff that was, you know, what we're doing. We're at home right now. I don't have kids, but you're at home, you're listening, you have kids. you're doing dad things. And Cam Newton said, I was focused on doing that. I wasn't focused on football. I was focusing on getting my mind right. I was fasting. I was doing all this stuff to get better in life. I was a lifting savant. I was just I was going hard. and then the opportunity comes. And now I'm here and his energy is so positive right now. And when you listen to him do a press conference with Robbie Anderson and he tells Robbie to his face, when I got here and I talked to you and I saw you, I told like, he's like telling this on a press conference in front of Robbie. He's like, you remember this when I got here, I told you, Robbie, bro, your energy is off. It's your, your energy's off. And for us right now, fans and and analysts, whatever, we could have said that. Like how bad Robbie's been this year, nine receptions, 31 targets. He's been horrid in all these games this whole season. Whether it was Darnold, this offense, whatever it was, if it was something at home, doesn't matter. But Cam told him, dude, your energy is just off. It's not there. And as easy as that, like that is part of what Matt calls the Bayesian process. You find something new, and how you break down data or, or whatever it may be. That's just a small thing that you can take and you can just pull it in. You're like, all right. I saw one week. One week Cam Newton comes in. He doesn't even play the full game. He turns the switch of this entire Carolina team. A few weeks ago, I've said it multiple times. This Carolina team is a year early. I thought this defense has been phenomenal, but I think the team in general is a year early. Next year, I think they're going to be In a different space, they're going to be ahead of the Saints, and they're going to be ahead of Atlanta. They're going to be able to compete with Tampa a little bit more. But they flipped the switch. They're there. They're 5-5. and They beat Arizona on the road. Cam's there. They got Washington, Miami, Atlanta the next three weeks. Like, they could be 8-5 and going into Buffalo. And then they got Tampa, New Orleans. Like, this team can do it. The difference is here with this Robbie Anderson thing is we saw it against Arizona. I'm not going to tell you to go play Robbie Anderson this week, but he plays Washington. And if he comes back and he scores, you know, 15 more fantasy points, then I'm going to start adding Robbie Anderson back or buying Robbie Anderson because there's a lot of leagues where Robbie Anderson just flat out has gotten cut because people are like, we're done. I'm done. I'm not touching him." Why would you touch him? You wouldn't because even DJ Moore has struggled. But if Cam Newton's giving you this positive light, onto Robbie Anderson. You're like, this guy, his energy's off, but I'm here to, to bring a glow to the room, to fix the energy. And if that energy gets fixed, we know what Robbie Anderson can do. He's not a, he's not, he's not a jag, right? He's had thousand yard receiving seasons, 800 yards, 941, 750, 790, 1,096, like he's done this year after year after year. He had 1,100 yards last year on 136 targets. He can do it. That's what I'm saying. He's not like he's, he's 28 years old. He's just fine. So I'm not telling you to go get Robbie right now. If you have an extra ro- roster spot, I would go get Robbie. But essentially what I'm saying is if we get another week of this and the energy flips, I think Robbie Anderson could be a dangerous play down the stretch in the fantasy playoffs. I don't love it. Again, I don't love saying that. But again, he's playing Miami in week 12. So think about this. You got Arizona, he scores 13 points against Washington, Miami, a bye week. They're eight and five going into the bye. Imagine this. They're eight and five going into the bye, and they come out. They have Atlanta, who can be taken advantage of. Buffalo, ain't right no way getting around. That's a tough matchup. And then your fantasy playoffs, you have Tampa, New Orleans, and then Tampa is the Week 18 game just for Carolina. Like I could see this flipping, and Robbie Anderson being a quote unquote league winning receiver. Now he's not going to go be he's not going to be the top five receiver the next eight weeks. But what I'm saying it's like he can be beneficial to your team anyway. Go to Las Vegas Raiders. As most of you know, Brian Edwards hits. Three receptions, 88 yards. He finally scores that freaking touchdown that we've been evaded from for the last 10 weeks. Remember, I did a breakdown video after week two, and it was like, this guy should be a top 15 receiver right now, sitting next to Stephon Diggs in the rankings from a point standpoint. But the touchdowns have been getting called back. Four targets, three receptions, 88 yards, and a touchdown. On 29 routes, he's in that spot. It's him, 29. Renfro 30, Waller 28. Those are the three dudes. That's it right there. Seven targets for Waller, nine for Renfro. Renfro is wide receiver 27 overall on the season. Waller tight end seven. Edwards down there at wide receiver 53. And then at running back, Josh Jacobs, five targets. Kenyon Drake, three. So eight targets to the backs, seven receptions, 35 yards total. Can't hate it. Can't hate the opportunities that Josh Jacobs is getting through the air. On the ground, it's been another story, but you can't hate it. But Brian Edwards, again. Brian Edwards, I prefer mildly over Traquan Smith. Over the course of the next six weeks, the matchups are quite a bit easier. Kansas City's bad defensive backfield. Washington's horrid. The boom bust, Trayvon Diggs. Cincinnati this week. Week 15 is a tougher matchup against Denzel Ward. Greedy Williams, but... Edwards is bigger than Ward. Ward has struggled with these bigger receivers. Denver is down Callahan right now. They have Darby, Fuller, Sertan. Sertan got beat by Devonta Smith this week. Like It can be taken advantage of. And then your fantasy championship, you got the Indianapolis Colts. I'm still holding on to Brian Edwards in these deep leagues in redraft. I'm still trusting the process. I'm holding him in every league. I'm not dropping him in any. But I could understand if you maybe – your patience is ran and maybe you're like, I need more consistency. I need a floor. I need a, a, a Renfro. I understand that, but I love upside. And for that, I'm going to be playing Brian Edwards, win, lose, or draw. I will say, I already told you to go over underdog fantasy, use the promo code underworld up to a hundred dollar deposit bonus and bet all these unders this week, Atlanta and new England Thursday night football. I think it's a trap game. And there's a good chance Atlanta covers seven and a seven half, but I don't think they're going to win. I will also say, if you head over to my Twitter, you go down to the bio here on YouTube, go to PRbreaker.com, use the promo code Cody10, get yourself 10% off of pre-workout, post-workout, intro workout. The intro workout's fantastic. It's actually, it's a Gatorade flavor. It's called Breaker Aid. Pre-workout's cotton candy. Post-workout, my favorite one is vanilla cake batter. 10% off all month long as well. You get 10% off of combos and free shipping over $60. There's a giveaway for the month of November. The giveaway will happen December first here on Undercover Ops. I'll do a wheel of names. Get yourself entered into there. The link is in the description here on YouTube, or it is on Twitter. Just Patreon.com/slash NFL as well to get more entries into the giveaway. Now to finish this out, this is my number one. I wouldn't say number one buy, but I would say take advantage of the situation. Take advantage of. Of owners that are tired, have given up, and they just they just want to get out. They're just tired of the the BS, maybe the 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 drama. The LA Rams. The LA Rams. They just lost back to back games. Tennessee, San Francisco, both on prime time. God, this Los Angeles Ram team is just falling apart. They're toast, they're done. They're not gonna do anything, they're not winning the championship. Stafford looks like golf. They look terrible. Boy, we've never heard this ever before, have we? We've never had Super Bowl champions lose games ever, right? Tom Brady didn't lose games last year, did he? He, he didn't. They go undefeated, to win the Super Bowl, and they were just completely untouchable. No, it's sad and it's kind of crazy how this turned into a hot take, though. The one thing that this offense feels like it's missing is is a second weapon, and and you're like, well, Robert Woods got injured. Yeah, but Robert Woods, he wasn't entirely himself up to this point in the season. This offensive line is pretty much you saw it, right? Tennessee, their front, inside, interior defensive lineman took advantage of this offensive line. Again, San Francisco did the same thing, and then Bosa, just, Bosa was overpowering. It's just like the Cam Newton thing, though. The stars are aligning perfectly for Odell Beckham Jr., He's in his favorite city in the world. He's content. He's ready to dominate. He's had one of the most prolific careers to start that we've ever seen. And generally, these guys in history don't just boom and then disappear. Generally, the real great ones, even if you think about Randy Moss, boom. You don't remember the Las Vegas years, but you remember the New England year when he came back. Glover Teixeira in the UFC, Jose Aldo, NBA, the Warriors. The Warriors were so hot for years. They kind of pulled back, and now they're back. They bounced back. Even Tom had a few down years. He didn't really, but he did. Cam is mentally back in the game, all the injuries, life situations aside. This could be with Odell, one of the most prolific offenses ever. In 2020, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost in prime time to the Rams and the Chiefs, back-to-back weeks, 11 and 12. The Rams just lost week 9 and 10. The Buccaneers lost to the Rams, the Chiefs, week 11, week 12, and then they went on to their bye. They came out of the bye completely unfreaking touchable You remember this. They scored 40 points. That's when they started this streak of 34-plus points scored in a game, week after week after week, coming into this season. The Rams just lost to Tennessee. They lost to San Francisco. And now, this week, they're on a bye. They come out of that bye, and they play at the Green Bay Packers. Is that a coincidence for OBJ? You tell me. Jacksonville, Arizona, Seattle, Minnesota, inept defensive backfield after inept defensive backfield. They're going to get on a run, and OBJ is going to go on a tear. He's going to get two weeks to practice with Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Higby. Can Akers come back in the playoffs? He looks like he might. But if you can still go get LBJ in Dynasty, where guys are completely giving up on him, they're done. They're like, oh, fuck. I'm done with the story. I don't want to hear, I don't want to watch him anymore. I hate him. He's the prima donna. Whatever it may be. I don't care. I like good players, and OBJ's a damn good player. He's been working his ass off to get back to where he was at one point. He was on this team for two days last week, and he came in the first drive. I know it's scripted, but he made two catches, boom, boom, right away. 86 percentile 40-yard dash. You already know this. You're like, well, why are you reading this off to me? It's post-injury. Why? Same thing with Cam Newton. Odell's now 29 years old. You're thinking, well, his speed's not the way it was. Can't be post ACL. But you have to listen and you have to read between the tea leaves. You see videos. Odell Beckham training six months after his ACL this summer. Running full speed. Timed in the 40 yard dash. Working with gold feet from Instagram. Working with these guys to get himself back to where he was. Full speed. Doctors are like what? What are you doing? You are, his parents like, you might sit here and tell yourself that OBJ's dust, but his mom and dad are both track athletes. He's one of those kids that was, it's almost like he picked his parents because it, the genetics are just there, and sometimes freak athletes like you have seen with Adrian Peterson, when he tore his ACL, they just can't be stopped. I'm gonna quit my rant. With this simple thing, one of the most prolific players we've ever seen struggled throughout his career with injuries, situations, shitty quarterbacks. And now he's got a great quarterback and a great receiver opposite of him with a great defense, and you're still going to fade him? Miss me with that shit. I'm going to go buy me some Odell Beckham Jr.,